0: Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrels. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Joby Sad. Joby Sad grew up in Nashville performing magic shows for kids' birthday parties until abracadabra comedy. Today, (laughs) Joby is also known as the Village Idiot, has a video series called Idiots and a new dry bar special. We're going to talk with him about the good, the bad, and the funny.
1: Last time I was here, I got pulled over by a cop, and I got a ticket just for driving behind a funeral procession with my windows down and Highway to Hell cranked up on my stereo. <laughs> <laughs> Is that harassment or what? You know, I, you know, I didn't know where they were going. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little suspicious where we ran all those red lights. <laughs> Hey, they must know somebody. <laughs> I guess it's not who you know, but who you knew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Joby, it is so good to have you on the show.
2: I will second that, Joby. I am looking so forward to getting to know you a bit. Thanks for being here.
1: Really? Be- just because of the clip? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> It was a good clip. If if it wasn't good, we were just going to bail, but uh, uh I guess we'll, we'll, we'll I, go I just, through with
1: it. <laughs> it's a very sensitive subject, you know. It's just like I feel like, you know, I feel, I feel like it's kind of cruel cruel and uh mistreatment on y'all's part to Open up my interview with the with that with that particular tip. It's like you know we're excited to have this guest on, but before we get started, we thought we would hear from his ex-wife.
0: To see what she has to say
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what you guys just did to me. You know, wow. You guys have no idea the pain and anguish that I've gone through.
2: That, that wasn't that wasn't from your uh comedy routine that was actually a meeting with your uh psychiatrist is that
1: <laughs> uh no no i don't have a psychiatrist
2: oh, oh. We'll talk about,
1: we'll talk, i want to talk about i want to talk about that a little bit later with you aaron yeah there you go. Uh, right, but uh right. no uh no but i mean i you know that like that bit I, I it's just ridiculous how hard i've had to fight to get that routine uh recorded and released and it's
0: so uh, good
1: Well, it's always been good. It was, it was a lot better. I mean, I have to say the routine was a lot better, probably 32 years ago. Oh, I mean, I've been, I've been doing it. I've been doing that bit for, I don't know, over 30 years, easily over 30 years, probably, probably 32, 33 years. I mean, I came up with it, you know, pretty early on in my career about, you know, about maybe two or three, maybe a couple of years into my career. And then I added to it over the years, I added more tags, more tags, and more tags, which made it, you know, stronger. And I got to where I didn't really like the first joke, but I liked the tags, so I would do the big <laughs> with the tags. But the first joke is what gets the big laugh. Yeah. So my goal in comedy is to just cut out all the big laughs.
2: Oh, brilliant! <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, we we have not heard that approach yet.
0: Uh, oh, well, yeah. Uh, in all of That's our my new angle. Oh, i like it yeah
1: so but anyway yeah but anyway i mean i was forge. i was really lucky i mean i got i mean i did all the comedy clubs for years and mm-hmm. i almost got on the tonight show and i was very close to getting on letterman and that that clip was part of that that was part of my letterman set
0: mm-hmm. that i, oh, wow. that
1: I n- never got to do right yeah and and then so and then I got and then and then after after I was doing comedy for I don't know you know close to 10 years about 10 years I started doing Christian comedy. Mhm. And then I, and that was because of the success of Bananas and so then my show was recorded for Bananas but yeah. but a lot of my a lot of my what I would call my A material was not uh church friendly. Oh, okay. It wasn't dirty but it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't super clean. It was, it was like that, and I, you know, and then I was, I kind of did that bit at the dry bar taping, out of, out of I, I had just I had figured I wasn't going to be able to do it, and then and then one of the other comedians did a whole did like a nine minute routine, about about all the hijinks that happened to him, and how he got in trouble for going to a strip club. Oh gosh. <laughs> I was like, well, wait a second. Well, I thought yeah.
0: You-.
1: If he yeah. can get away with that,
0: yeah, getting a getting a speeding ticket or a ticket for being yeah. in in line with a uh, a hearse that doesn't seem to be a problem. At be, all.
1: Well, you <laughs> know, initially I was, you know, a lot of people they wouldn't let me say the word hell.
0: Oh uh, I yeah, you know, if I'm
2: thinking back on uh, my experiences in church, I I I think they say hell sometimes.
0: Yeah, they said it to me a lot. Uh, <laughs> You're going to listen. You are straight from
1: (laughs) listen. There's a double standard. The the matter with go there. (laughs) Some people can say it and some people can't. You know. (laughs) So I don't know. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it always kind of bugged me that I that I mean, project after project. I mean, I was lucky that I was on different shows, different Mm -hmm. projects, and things. But that bit always got cut. You know, wow! every time well, so yeah. not
2: not here, my friend. We we yeah. lead with it.
0: We're leading with it. We, we want to oh, yeah. Sure. Well,
1: you guys are very edgy, you
0: know. Yeah, clean like, <laughs> but edgy. That's that's what we're after here for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, How long have you guys been doing comedy? Uh three weeks now.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Thursday for me. Yeah. Uh
2: yeah uh no both but ironically both brian and i uh performed comedy for the first time at the same show uh or actually at least it was the first uh big scheduled event uh mm-hmm. uh
0: for for brian
2: and that was now uh what about four and a yeah,
0: half we'll, years ago yeah well coming up on four yeah
1: okay that's great yeah that's great
0: yeah, I'd w- worked in radio for a long time, so you're kind of always doing stuff and they asked me to host a show at one point and I wow. went out to a club and, and hosted a comedy night and things like that for a little while. but um, never really developed material on purpose. It was I just went out and talked to people and and then welcome and here's your first comedian. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, uh, when I turned 50, my wife got me Steve Martin's master class on comedy and then I went and did some open mics and and then Aaron and I met at a um, at Gilda's Laugh Fest first timer showcase, which is roughly this time of the year. So that's it's been a uh, uh, yeah, three, three, four years ago. Four years. Yeah, for sure. Wow. There we go. So I had to do all that talking to get the, the math, because I'm not real great <laughs> at math.
1: That's a great story. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I can't believe that your wife got you the master class.
0: That's the best part, is, is <laughs> she can't fight any of this. Uh, we, we have an agreement that any time I mention her, it has to all be based on truth, um, as all good comedy should be. But... Um, but she really can't argue. She's like, yeah, I got in the class. What did I think was going to happen?
2: Yeah. You, yeah. You, but Jobi, you, you got started... me down this hill. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Joby, you got started, uh, I, I read in your little intro here, uh, you were, you grew up in Nashville, you're performing magic shows for kids oh. birthday parties Yeah. And your well, mom and dad kid, worked kid with kid. you. And yeah. How did that happen?
1: Well, I was just always into it, you know, and it, I think it, uh, it started off with, uh, uh my mother was uh you know I, we, I got i got a lot of complaints at school mhm and uh, the teacher was concerned because i didn't i wasn't reading you know oh. and so i i was commanded by the royal court to <laughs> next time i go to the library you better show up with a book then this time it's got to have words in it oh boy i was like oh no
0: words
1: <laughs> I thought I was because I bought I got all these origami books and a lot of a lot of picture books and I thought I was ahead of the game, yeah, you know. (laughs) So now I'm in trouble now, I got to go get a book that's got words in it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do?
0: Yeah,
1: so uh, so one of the books I got was about Harry Houdini, you know, and I, I fell in love with that and I and I read it and I wanted to read it, you know, so that was that was a big deal, you know, that so that sure. That got me started. And then, you know, yeah. So then I started doing magic and I was, I was a huge Houdini fan. You know, I just loved Houdini. And I saw the movie with Tony Curtis and and
0: Janet Lee.
1: Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that was, that was it. You know, so I, so I was on a, so I was on a path, you know, to become a famous magician when I was young. But I knew that in order to really get to the big time, I had to have a water torture cell.
0: Right, as one does.
2: Now, do you mean the big time for magicians, or just in general?
1: Yeah, for magicians, for everything. I mean, there wasn't anything else other than being a magician. So, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I didn't. I wasn't really thinking outside the box.
0: The, you know? the water torture box. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so
1: so I, I, wanted a water torture cell. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a giant water-filled tank, mm-hmm. and they lower you, they lower you, you know, upside down from the top. You know, put they lock your feet in stocks, and then you know the idea is you're supposed to you know escape like Houdini. So I told my parents that I wanted wanted one, and uh, they you know my parents were like, "Well, no, it sounds dangerous. You probably would get killed.
0: That that would be bad. No, no, okay. That that seems reasonable." It's an illusion. Come on, <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> I got no support here. Wow! No. <laughs> so, You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> So, you know, so my mother, though, she, she had actually gone to the extra trouble. Uh, She actually inquired about it to out to outsiders. You know, she had shared this information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember when, when I was a kid, we visited a magic shop and, uh, and she mentioned to the, to the magic dealer that her son wanted a water torture cell. (laughs) And do you think that would be a good idea for a young boy if. 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, ma'am, of course not. He's not going to
0: sell you that. Uh- <laughs> was,
1: I know. Yeah. It was like 5,000 bucks probably. Yeah, But wow. anyway, I, I was very upset. My mom was like, no, that's it. I've, I've already talked to the professionals and even they say no. So, so I, you know, I'm complaining about it to my friends at school. And then one of my friends, you know, you know, it was. I think Christmas came around, and so uh, a friend of mine wound up getting a water torture cell
0: <laughs> oh.
1: for Christmas. <laughs>
2: oh, that, you rich kids. That's convenient.
1: <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, no, it's in my basement." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh man, I've been I've been wanting that so bad." And I, of course, I went home, told my mother, Larry Mangrum has got a water torture cell. and you know and so i begged my mom to take me to larry's house so i because i wanted to go see it you know and it was always some reason why i couldn't see it anyway a couple of weeks you know a a week or two later uh another one of my friends in school got a water torture cell sherry sherry milrainy oh gosh you know and she was like she was kind of a tomboy so it kind of made sense to me yeah she was very athletic Right. <laughs> she, anyway, she she could do it. Yeah. So, anyway, this went on and on and after about after about a month or so, about 25 30 kids in my class <laughs> all had water torture cells. <laughs> and I was just beside myself and then anyway, towards the end of the year, my best friend Richard Carter, he confessed to me that he didn't really have a water torture cell. What? No yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the other, another girl that liked me, she said that she didn't either. And it was just, it was all just a trick on Joby. Wow. They just, they just, the, my, the, my friends in school, they just tortured me. Hey, nobody, nobody <laughs> yeah. really had one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, oh, wow. Well, oh, yeah, that that's... is an amazing story
2: yeah i'm I'm glad we were here to help you process through that
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I haven't I'm still talking about it yeah clearly it's it's
0: still very fresh it um, still
1: hurts yeah, absolutely. yeah. I mean, can you so, believe I mean the entire class would would taunt me and make fun of me like that
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do uh we've met um so, yeah but I guess I mean, then the natural question is is the torture from the class over the water torture box? The thing yeah. that drove you into comedy, or am I completely missing the point?
1: No, it, it didn't drive me into comedy, but I mean it. It was—I it, have to say though—it was a big relief uh, because you know initially I took my performance very seriously, mm. and and when the, sometimes the tricks didn't work out and the kids la- all laughed, I mean that was a great feeling.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Mm. You know, so. It was a, it was a wonderful feeling to get laughter, you know? And so very, a lot of my show actually has, has, um, has evolved from, from the, all the mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll try out a new bit that doesn't work, but something, something within it does work, you know, or, or my, a lot of my recovery efforts, yeah. you know, Yeah. that's what typically, that's what often gets the big laugh and, you know, I think you learn as you, as you do it more and more, you know, it's like, it's the biggest laughs are typically what, whatever you say in the moment. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So it's hard to, it's hard to compete against. And especially if you get really good at it, you know, then, then, then it's, then it become then you become lazy at, at creating new material because, because you could always rely on it, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's kind like, of a double edged sword there. It's a, uh, yeah, it
1: can't, yeah, it can be.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. can be. So I know you that, rock. um, the people have compared you to, or maybe it's you comparing you to, but when I watch you perform, I see a lot of, um, Charlie Chaplin, Harpo Marx, things like that with faces you make and your physical comedy. Um, are, are those two or, or others been big influences for you?
1: Well, I think that I think that you know from from the from as early as I can remember, I just had a fascination with uh, vaudeville
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 the old entertainers. I mean, I I, I got a tape of Will Rogers
0: uh-huh.
1: I used to listen to when I, you know as a kid, you know, and he was a vaudevillian. Yeah, and I was just fascinated by. It's just fascinating to me how similar stand up was in in 1910 Hmm. versus today you know i mean it's so funny i mean it's it's hilarious to me to hear will rogers talk about how bad the traffic was (laughs) (laughs) i mean you got to find this i don't know where where you'll find it but it's got to be on the internet somewhere but you can find this so i mean here he is on stage in some you know ziegfeld follies you know, talking about, you know, I think it may have been in the 1920s, you know, something like that, 1925 or 29. And he was talking about, uh, you know, what are we going to do about the traffic problem? And he's and he said, I got a solution for it. He goes, I know what he goes. He goes, on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, everybody that's traveling west will go west. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, everybody that's traveling east will go east. <laughs> you know, and that, that got his big laugh, you know. <laughs> And I thought, you know, that's funny. That's a funny joke. Yeah, you know? and, and that would that would work today. Sure. You know, <laughs> you, know you could you could steal from Will Rogers. And people <laughs> will think you're timely.
0: Yeah, it, and the <laughs> only know? people who would know we were stealing is the people listening to this podcast. So we are
1: safe. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I just you know, I have just I've always enjoyed you know the history. You know, yeah. I've always enjoyed you know uh, history. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, especially in in comedy and entertainment and yeah, all that stuff and yeah. you know so yeah. Well, who's I... who's, y'all, who's y'all's favorite comedians? <laughs> uh,
0: for for me, um, I mentioned Steve Martin earlier. He he was absolutely um, a, a real early influence. Uh, you know, growing up in the home I grew up in, you know, we got a Bill Cosby record. Everybody had a Bill Cosby record, and mm-hmm. then when I was uh, 10, 11 years old, um, Let's Get Small and Steve Martin, Wild and Crazy Guy came out and this, the first album I ever bought was, oh. was Wild and Crazy Guy. And then I went kind of backwards and got Let's Get Small after that. But um, yeah. yeah, and then Robin Williams. And um, so the absurdity that was Steve Martin was the thing that a- appealed to me more than anything. Oh, um, yeah. And the way he used his voice, because my voice when it changed, which was, I think the next week after I got the album, uh, I, I thought, I, I think I kind of sound like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was a, that was a, a major thing for me. And since then it's, it's like, yeah. Um, that's everybody cool. I, I watch, I like, Oh, they're a new favorite. Oh, that's a new favorite. That's a new favorite. I just, it, this, this yeah. cost of discovery,
2: uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I have a lot of comedians that I like, but I, I recently decided that Robert G. Lee is my favorite comedian. He's uh, great. He's yeah, great. It, it, just the way, the dynamics of how he interacts with the crowd. Uh, last time I saw him perform live, I thought, you know what, this this is the creme de la creme right here.
1: He's, he's my favorite comedian. Oh, wow. that's fantastic. And he, he's done your podcast, has he? Uh, Oh, He has. Yeah, yeah. he's he actually performed live on one of our one of
2: our shows as well. Uh, He and Rhonda Corey came. uh, They were in the in the midst of uh, um, doing a a little tour here through Michigan and then uh, heading out, uh, I think, to to Utah.
0: Yeah. Uh Uh, Yeah. Rhonda was headed headed out to Utah to tape her dry bar. um, And we were a stop along the way for that's cool. Yeah. This is uh, how you've been lucky in the past.
1: I feel good. I got my, I got my lucky underwear on. <laughs> Last time I had this pair on, I was in uh, Vegas. I was on the slot machine for like five minutes when, boom, $10,000 jackpot <laughs> was won by the lady standing right next to me. there. <laughs> I was like, I was so excited. You know, I was like more than willing, you know, to... Uh, uh, share but uh, she was greedy 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 didn't want to share a penny you know it was my underwear <laughs> yeah. okay so
2: what uh so that uh slot machine story uh was there yeah. was there something in real life that uh, kind of spurred that on or or where did oh, that come from you know,
1: from? I, years ago i used to work in vegas a lot you know i used to play all the clubs in vegas and so I just, I came up with it, you know, I think just playing around and playing the slot machines and that kind of stuff. And, and just seeing the <laughs> excitement that other people had, there was, there was also an interesting story that, that I was told uh, when I was in, when I was working in Vegas uh-huh. and uh, I, I love the story and I've shared it with lots of people, but people don't, everybody has such a different reaction to it. i it's it's fascinating to me because it, to me the story tells tells you a lot about other way the way other people think, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But nobody really has the same reaction <laughs> or feeling that I have huh. about it, you know. So, and and I don't know. So, my bit may have may have somehow was, it may have been um, in, influenced or or inspired by by the story. But the story was when I was in working in Vegas there was a lady that was there that was playing the slot machine okay. and she played the same sh- slot machine for like three, four days. And the manager was very concerned about her. So the, like the first day he said, ma'am, you look really tired. Why don't you go, go to your hotel room and take a nap? And the lady said, um, no, I'm, I'm not going to leave my machine.
0: Hmm. <laughs>
1: and so apparently this went on and on and on for several days you know, the second day, third day. And uh, so by like the third day, the manager says, ma'am, you look really tired. You're hungry. Why don't you go, why don't you go take advantage of our, of our buffet? And the woman said, no, I'm not leaving my machine. Cause I, I got a feeling about it. It's going to pay off. It's, it's bound to come on. That's what she said. And yeah. so, and so he said, well, why don't you just get you something? And she goes, well, I am really hungry. She goes. If you could bring get me something to eat and bring it to me, I'd appreciate it. And the manager said, "Well, I'm not allowed to leave the floor, but, uh, but, but, I, but, I, but you know, you look really tired. Why don't you go take a nap and I'll, I'll get you something to eat." And uh, and she says, "Well, I am really tired." She said, "If you promise me, if you'll promise that nobody will touch my machine while I'm gone." I, I would like <laughs> to take a little nap uh-huh. and get something to eat. This is after three days.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So God, the manager yeah. says, ma'am, I promise you I, no one will touch it while wow. you're gone." So the lady goes, goes to her, her up to her hotel room and another person comes shows up right after she leaves. And they put in a single, this is back when they had still put, so I think silver dollars in or, or dollar mm-hmm. bills. in. Yeah. So, another person puts in a single dollar bill in, and wins a million dollar jackpot. What? Yeah. So, so the lady sued the casino for a million dollars. Hmm. And so, so that's a true story. That's the story that people were talking about when I was there. That's mm-hmm. what I had heard about, and <laughs> well, that that may that may have you know played into my uh, yeah
2: i could see that uh, like you know. the 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 structure the skeleton of that uh yeah. story uh that into that joke yeah
1: i think it's a fascinating story but my question is to you guys what do you what do you think do you think that she was entitled to the money well, you I, I you got to tell you,
2: the first thing I think, because I've I've met a few casino managers in my days, and I've never seen them try to chase somebody away from a slot machine. I don't care how many consecutive days they've been there. Right. <laughs> so, so I don't know who that uh, good Samaritan uh, casino manager was, but that's the yeah. first thing that came to mind for well, me.
1: <laughs> well, my first question is, do you think she's entitled to the to the million dollars? Hmm.
0: Huh. Yeah.
2: No.
1: No.
0: Yeah. I I feel like there's so much qualification around the question (laughs) and the answer. So, Aaron, yeah, why not, Aaron?
2: Well, uh, I don't think that
0: uh, – I I don't know. Breach
2: of promise, Aaron. (laughs) Come now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's – The manager
0: uh, said, I promise no one will touch the machine. And then as soon as she walked away – he just let somebody else walk up there and touch it.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, I I don't think that could have been a
1: a contractual
2: agreement there.
0: I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, he worked for the casino.
0: Yeah, he
1: mm-hmm. was a representative of the casino.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So as far as I know, there, there there was no nothing more said about it released probably whatever the outcome was that they, they were probably, they're probably under a gag order.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But,
1: you know, this is an assumption on my part. So <laughs> I, I never heard anything more about it. You know, so I don't, I don't know what the outcome was.
2: Yeah. But and I, I just, you know, and so. are you, uh, are you team lady or team casino who, who, who should have got the million bucks? I,
1: I think, I think the woman should get the million dollars is what I think. she didn't she had no intention of leaving she 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 was she was there on some kind of a hunt she believed in her heart of hearts that it was going to pay off it it defied all logic that she would stay there for three days straight why why would she not leave why did she think it was going to pay off did she have some inside information if it was if there was if her if somebody in her family was the one that that uh, managed the machines you know then then maybe then maybe not maybe she wouldn't be entitled to it because why was she so committed to that mm-hmm. machine but but one thing I didn't know that I know now from from working in casinos and being and talk, you know be, becoming friends with uh, people that, that work in various roles in the casino is there is like a there is a, an, a very strange superstition. Mm-hmm. When it comes to gambling, I would think it's so. Kind of unexplainable. Yeah. So I, it's like I remember, like when I was, I used to work at uh, at uh, Bally's Casino, which uh, which was the same casino where they did all the Dean Martin roasts. Yeah, right. And it had originally been the MGM Grand, and then they moved. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, I used to sit there, and I used to over listen to all the dealers talk. And they and they would talk about how, if from time to time, a particular dealer would just continually be on a losing streak, where they would always lose money for the casino. And just no matter who sat down and no matter who played, that particular dealer would always lose. And then a so lucky, says, lucky
0: dealer, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then the the pit boss would step in usually at some point. And dismiss them or, or, you know, put give them a week, give them a week off.
0: Yeah.
1: Or, or just wouldn't even let them deal. Yeah. And so this was, you know, this is apparently a, a habitual thing that dealers are aware of and, and, it, and, you know, and, and vice versa. And also there are, they also get on hot streaks where no matter who sits at their table, they always win. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> quite understand it myself, yeah. but yeah. But it's a, it's something you know. I'm not a, I'm not a gambler myself, mm-hmm. but uh, it's something that gamblers, you know, are aware of. You yeah. know,
2: yeah, so. you know, I, I had a friend uh, that that would play a lot of kino. yeah, and he would quite literally uh, throughout the day jot notes on kino numbers, and he would uh, have a hundred percent confidence that he had patterns down. And I tried to explain to him on many occasions that he does not have a pattern. (laughs) The the fact is our brains are hardwired to look for patterns. Yeah. So we'll see patterns uh, even when it's random, you know. Uh,
0: So you were uh, trying to unbeautiful mind him
2: and uh, and he wasn't having any. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It, I'll tell you, gambling and uh, and casinos and whatnot. It's it's an interesting thing uh, because you know there's you know there's so so many people feel like there's a little bit more control uh, than there than there actually is. You know, a little bit more ability to catch the pattern and, and stuff like that. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah,
1: well, yeah. I mean, we all are trying to. You know, through all throughout life, we're trying to we're trying to figure out how to get the upper hand that's yeah yeah, yeah, how, yeah our, you can
2: take that right out of casinos i guess for and, sure and say yeah. just in life in general
1: well, mm-hmm. what's our leverage you know what's our what's our what's our advantage you know how why is it that i'm gonna win when nobody else does
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you
1: know well, now what's what's y'all's advantage do you guys have an advantage
0: yeah, I I think one of the things that we bring um like being clean comedy time. We're in West Michigan, a fairly conservative part of the country and uh there's a a hunger for comedy and a desire for it to be clean. The tricky part is um getting people to understand that we're here. We're right here in in Michigan and uh available for that so it's it's really more about creating awareness than it is even having people understand that um this is what we do uh so i i think that's i I would even
2: i I would uh, i would also add to that the spirit of collaboration that we have like like it, oh,
0: I, none I, I of disagree. The shows that no, do, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> none, of, none of the shows that we do are the Brian and Aaron show. Like even right. uh, like the podcast, you know, the podcast. This podcast episode is about you, Joby. Uh, you know, as this is yeah, as it should be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and the shows like we bring in comedians and and give them the spotlight. You know, we yeah. we're both Brian and I are very happy to kind of take a step back and highlight the other people's talents. Yeah. So that gives I mean, us the the ability to keep things fresh and and keep things uh, cool.
1: You guys both sound really good.
2: Oh, thanks. Uh, th- thank you.
1: You guys yeah. sound like you would have like a top like top radio show.
2: Uh, well, our our podcast was ranked uh, number one in uh, in Fiji uh, in Fiji. Yeah, yep. in Fiji yep. for a while. Well, listen, yeah. I, I
1: drink their water all the time. See? It's uh, it's quite good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys yeah, should, I, you should you should you should get them on board as a sponsor. Yeah, um, I, I
2: I like how you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, I, I think <laughs> you're right.
0: <laughs> mention it,
1: Brian. You've got a radio background, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I had a bottom rated radio uh, show for a, a number of years at different stations. Wherever I went, I got paid less every time I went to a different radio station. So uh, Uh, eventually I just
2: don't, don't read too much into that. Don't look for the pattern there.
1: (laughs) I think think this is a golden era right now, though I think we're entering into a whole new era of broadcasting with the podcast now. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's astounding, you know, what Joe Rogan has accomplished, what he's done, you know, who, but but that's just the beginning, (laughs) you know, really, it's just the beginning for podcasters. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, podcasting has been available not too long after the iPod showed up. So, you know, it's it's been out there for over 20 years. Um, and it's only now during the pandemic that it's been like, man, everybody's got a podcast. Yeah. It's, it's almost like if you don't have a podcast, are you even a beginning comedian? <laughs> uh, this just yeah, seems to be what happens. Um, I, I think you know, one of yeah, the things... I mean- That we bring to it, though, is we really think about what it is we're doing rather than just getting up and rambling about, you know, what happened to us on that day. We're here for you, our guest, and and follow a specific format. And I think that makes a big difference in how we sound versus a typical podcast.
1: Well, anyway, well, good luck to you guys. It sounds good. It sounds good to me. It sounds very exciting. I can't wait to come to Grand Rapids.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, would be, it would be great to, to have you here.
1: Well, we'll have, we'll have to put on a big show there. Yes, for sure. Well, the time has
0: come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, great news. The Fest Recovery Showcase is back again this year. Uh, we are going to have this event. On March 17th at Monroe Community Church in downtown Grand Rapids that is on 1020 Monroe Street Northwest again in downtown Grand Rapids Uh, we're gonna be joined by an incredible group of uh, comedians Uh, Mary Santora is gonna be there Uh, her debut comedy album uh, Hillbilly Bougie uh, debuted at number one on both Amazon and iTunes uh, she is a phenomenal comedian and she is going to be hilarious. Uh, Matt Kahn is also there. Super funny dude from the Detroit area. Uh, he's going to be up uh, joining us and it's going to be a good time. I, uh, Aaron Soros, the unemployed alcoholic, will be your host and uh, I am super excited for us all to get together and laugh together Uh, the thing that makes this show so special is that all three of us comedians have recovery stories we all have experienced addiction recovery in some way shape or form Uh, that said the show is not just uh, for the addiction recovery crowd it is for everybody and it is free for everybody super funny show super funny comedians all for free as part of the laugh fest uh, Uh, Laughter RX programming. So that's going to be super fun. I hope to see you there. Uh, It's going to be a great crowd, great uh, venue, great comedians, and great you. (laughs) Hope to see you there again March 17th, 7 p.m. at Monroe Community Church, which is located on 1020 Monroe Street uh, or Monroe Avenue, I think, northwest in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Talk to you soon. Back, uh, Joby. Uh, that was great and fun conversation in the first half. In the second half, uh, we really like to dig into what's going well and kind of dig into some of the reasons why those things are going well, and then also things that you might be struggling with. Uh, so what is something that uh, is going well, Joby?
1: Well, uh, it looks like the comedy is going pretty good, things are definitely yeah. up, and I'm getting a lot of uh, inquiries, a lot of phone calls, booking a lot of stuff right now, which is which is wonderful you know we've we've had a bit of a drought yeah (laughs) in the last in the last couple of years two or three years you know yeah uh so yeah i mean the just dry bar thing has uh done really well for me it's opened up a lot of doors already and it's it's just released they only released it what two weeks ago now i think yeah that's like that so it's it's i'm off to a positive start you know for sure so
2: Good. And, and uh, would you that's say the, that I, like as things have started opening back up, um, was there did you have like a backlog of things that had been canceled or is this a new work that that you're getting booked with? How, how's
1: that? playing yeah, out? Yeah, I've had a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff canceled, a lot of a lot of plans put on hold. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of I was producing a movie and that's been put on hold. Multiple times. Mall
0: Santa is that the one?
1: Yeah, Mall Santa. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. kind of been a struggle to get it to keep it uh, to get it finished. You know, so I'm so so I'm still working on that. And uh, but yeah, the pandemic has been has really slowed that down. And yeah, so many things. You know, so many of my projects and ideas. You know, uh, you know. I mean, it's it's also been a wake up call. I mean, you know, I've invested everything I have into my my comedy, my future projects, you know, book projects, uh, videos move, you know, all that stuff. But I I was not well invested in the stock market Mm. or properties, real estate. Mm. And I think we should have (laughs) a little, a little little
2: more diversification, uh,
1: diversification. Absolutely. So, you know, in the last few years, it seems like A lot of people have done very well with uh, the stock market and in real estate. You know, if you, if you've invested there, you're probably doing pretty good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, when you say, yeah, I would say people have done done well in (laughs) in real estate, but at the same time, you know, like, you, you know, I mean, you've got a calling into comedy. Like you, you, you don't, you don't recognize, uh, you don't recognize comedy like you did at an at an early age, and then spend as as much time as you have uh, pursuing it successfully. I'd say, um, with without without that being your thing, without that being the space that you're supposed to be in, and and uh, you know, so when you've got that draw to a certain space and an entrepreneurial spirit and an artistic spirit, you're gonna go all in. You know, you're gonna. Um, pursue that 110%. And and that, you know, that might leave a little bit of, uh, you know, money on the table, so to speak, and, okay. and some other things. But man, I, yeah. I, I would, I would encourage you and I'd say, man, you know, the, the things that you could potentially look at as opportunity cost, or just, uh, just physical cost in general, like, there's been benefits to you being as focused as you have been as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always been, I've always been focused, I've always been, you know, wholly into it. Uh you know, I remember uh before I was doing stand up, I was working as a bellhop. Really? Yeah, so I was working at a hotel as a bellhop and uh so I was making, you know, uh tell you the truth, you know, I was making on a this was back in 1980 uh what was it? 85. Uh, okay. 1985, 1986. Mm-hmm. So uh so I was making on a good day I was making about $100 a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that and, day was terrific. Th- well, with tips, that was good. Yeah, right, right. And and uh and then mm-hmm. and then of course uh then they changed it to, they changed it to where we had to report our tips <laughs> during that time period. And uh so that that was legislation that passed and so So all tipped employees had to pay tip, had to pay taxes on their tips. Yeah. So as you can imagine, everybody was very angry about that, you know, (laughs) and it made it obviously made a huge difference, you know? And so that, that coupled with, you know, I was doing, I was doing open mics and I, I met Bill Ingvall, you know, early on. And I, I thought, when I started out, Bill Ingvall was like, he was like the top Southern headliner. Mm-hmm. So he was before everybody mm-hmm. you know. Oh. and he would just kill. I mean, I, I love Bill Ingvall. And I, so I remember asking Bill, I said, uh, I, you know, I've been doing it, I've been doing it for, I don't know, like a month or maybe two months, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, when am I going to get paid? <laughs> yeah i'm ready (laughs) yeah and so i asked i asked bill lingvall i said well how long how long did you do it before you became a professional comedian and he and bill said you mean get paid i go yeah he goes i guess about a year a year (laughs) (laughs) year, i can't wait a year i'm like (laughs) oh my god but I, i i knew that he knew what he was talking about yeah you know I knew how good he was. Mm-hmm. And he said it took a year, you know? So after my year was up, I told the owner, of the, I told the manager at the club, I said, Hey, I got some good news. I've been doing comedy a year now. I'm ready to get paid.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was his response. He laughed. Uh, I thought that was oh, funny. Like, that's hey, a that's,
0: good new bit, Joby. That's Thanks. Best line so
1: far. Yeah. yeah. So I went to uh, Knoxville. And uh I audition I, I auditioned in Knoxville, and I told them right out of the gate, you know I'm here to work I, I came here to work so mm-hmm. I, I want I want to work your club and I want to you know MC it mm-hmm and uh, so I, I went up and I'll, you know and did a set and uh, and then right after my show, he hired me on the spot to be to be the house MC Nice, very cool. So I was so I was inst so I was instantly from that from that moment on 9- 1986 I was booked I was doing let's see I was doing one I was doing like one or two weeks every month as the MC okay And I was essentially paid the same amount of money that I was making as a bellhop Nice And and just from and just from performing every night for a week drastically improved my show oh for sure right so when i went back home to nashville went back to zany's uh they they also hired me on the spot as the house mc so now now i'm the house mc at two comedy clubs and that's that's all i needed that and that filled up my calendar for for pretty much six months and so i was just i was instantly a professional comic then. And
2: then then pretty much from then through uh, like the beginning of the pandemic where uh, have have you been? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I've been a professional my whole life, you know? Uh, So yeah, ever since then. So no
2: wonder you say what's going well. It's, it's that comedy's coming back. Bookings are coming back. I mean, that's, that's been a massive part of your identity, huh?
1: (laughs) 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 I mean, yeah, it's all I know, you know? so, I mean, look, I mean, I've, you know, I wanted to go and I wanted to do television and movies cause that's where the big money is. Uh-huh. Right. But, but I was fortunate that I got into the comedy clubs really deep and early on, you know? So I, I moved up from, from MC to feature and then feature to headliner, you know? And it's interesting in, in my day in, 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 in the earlier time in the comedy clubs, um. Uh, you know, it, it was less about drawing. It was mm-hmm. more about just, you had to kill. Yeah. I mean, you had to go up and choke them to death in with laughter. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, you had to just, you had to cripple the audience with laughter because, because I did not have the, I didn't have the TV credits. I did not have, I wasn't on the tonight. Show. I wasn't a regular on Letterman or the tonight show. I didn't have the big TV credits. Yeah, and 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 it was really hard to get. And then I moved to Los Angeles. I moved out there, and I became a regular at uh, at the Improv and and I and at Dublin's, which was a big deal for me at the time, and uh, the Laugh Factory and the Comedy Store. And but it was still very very hard. It was still really hard to make take make that next leap to television and film. And at this point, I was already, I was already you know, embedded and tied to the comedy clubs for my income. So, so I I was constantly having to go back on the road back and forth. And I I never really got to focus and concentrate on, on getting into television and film like I had intended to, you Mm. know? Mm. So anyway, that's, that's the, what, what what did you say? Where where are we supposed to talk about the pain, and the agony? That's the, yeah, that's well, the pain and the agony. You
2: know, right? no, I I mean, the, the, oftentimes you know what's going well and what's a struggle. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes they'll go hand in hand. You know, and, yeah. and yes. I, I hear that in your voice. You know, there's there's <laughs> in in all seriousness, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're talking about when you're talking about the television and the credits, I mean. You've, you've worked hard. You have invested a great deal of yourself in, in, uh, getting where you're at. And so to have that go away and then have it starting to come back.
1: Yeah. That's, that's huge, man. Well, you know, I've had a lot of criticism and, you know, a lot of people have thought, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about doing that? Yeah. Yeah, I sure have. <laughs> you know? yeah. But I mean, but really, to tell you the truth, I mean, I don't really, I haven't. Nothing has even come close to uh, to offering me uh, the financial rewards or or anything else uh, in any other field than what I've been able to do in comedy. You know, yeah. So
2: yeah.
1: Uh, but you know, I have a lot of my some of my friends got started. I rem, you know, I mean, I rem, I used to work a lot with Jeff Foxworthy. And, and Who? he was
2: not,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And he was he was hesitant to quit his day job yeah. because he he was making a hundred grand a year. Mm. So you know, yeah, I I, I, would, I
2: think he does even better than that now. He, he might be, yeah.
1: He sure does. But I mean, <laughs> if I if I had had that, you know, I I may not have gone into comedy. I may have You're just right. You know, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have anything to let go of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> <laughs> except, yeah. except those sweet sweet tips that you were being taxed on.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm still upset right. about that. All right, But clearly. um uh but I did want to say I did, I I was curious about what what Aaron had mentioned earlier about uh uh you you talked if you don't mind me asking a little bit about your you say you're going through recovery.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, I mean, I guess th- this is the the first time you and I have really gotten to uh, spend some time talking, you know. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm known as the unemployed alcoholic, and um and that came from uh, you know, from a time in my life where what should have been very very painful. Uh, I had yeah. left a, a good job to address alcoholism in my life, and yeah. uh, then as I started through that recovery process, when I tried to reengage with the workforce, uh, it was it was over a year of uh, just every door closing. And, and that was yeah. painful, but ultimately, like you said, you know, like you turning away from the now tipped taxes or now now taxed tips and being able to get into comedy, it was similar to, for me, you know, I was unemployed. I was going through the addiction recovery process and then mm-hmm. uh, found this passion of helping other people laugh. And, uh, and that's all played out, but, but yeah, the addiction recovery piece of that, um, Is is very very important, and it's it's where I'm really able to to make an impact with with people. You know,
1: have you thought about promoting your show, doing shows, and promoting your show as the unemployed alcoholic?
0: For sure, yeah, yeah. He's got a website and everything.
1: I think you could probably sell out. (laughs) You you think there's something to that? Well, I don't know. Anyway. You know, I got a friend of mine right now, a real close friend of mine that's 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 in the in the battle right now. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, and I want to be, you know, I want to help him. I want to be yeah. supportive and help. You know. Yeah. And I really am. I really am at a bit of a loss. You know. So, so I mean, uh, you
2: you touch on something very important there, and and uh, you know, we all have people that we love that are struggling with things, hmm. and a very, very important thing to remember is the serenity prayer. L- Lord grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. When it comes to someone else's attitude, somebody else's struggles, somebody else's outlook, uh, somebody yeah. else's beliefs, a hundred percent of the time that falls into the bucket of things that we cannot control. And, and, uh, at, at least from my perspective, Uh, from being on both sides of that, from wishing that some people would change their, uh, their views or their actions, and Mm. also being in the spot where I was not ready to change my views and outlooks and behaviors, you know, Mm. Um, when we're dealing with that, uh, and it comes to somebody else, ultimately, we have to just know that there's nothing we can do to, to force to, uh, you know, to push people in that direction. So yeah, that's, mm-hmm. uh, take, take, take some of that weight off of your shoulders. Um, yeah. you, you can tell them that you love them. You can, uh, tell them that, uh, you're there for them. You can even make recommendations, mm-hmm. you know, or, or even ask the question, would you do this? You know, um, but ultimately that weight that you're feeling, mm-hmm. uh, you, you can let go of that. Because ultimately, you don't have control over it.
1: No, I know. I realize that. And and, I, and honestly, you know, I tell you what, I'm, I'm constantly surprised at the influence that I have. So I, I have a tremendous amount of influence with lots of people, lots of family members, lots of friends. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I'm constantly surprised at, at how my influence plays out. Yeah. Good and bad. Yeah, good and bad for me, and good and bad for them. Mm-hmm. But I have influence. Yeah, you know, and, and that's you know, sometimes I wished I didn't. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, but I have influence, and I know my, I know I've had a big influence on on my friend, and uh, uh-huh. and and so my my friend is, and I I would appreciate your uh, your input on this. Uh, but he's in a place right now where he feels like his. The, what he needs, his next step is going to be. He wants to get, he needs to get treatment, uh, medical treatment. Yeah. So he's got to go. He's got to get into a program. He, he's going. I guess he's doing it through a hospital, some okay. kind of a hospital where they, where they monitor him and watch him for a period, so he can get through this these next a week or two. Yeah. And but he, he so he doesn't want to quit drinking unless he's unless he can get into it he's counting on this this program to to assist him through this phase yeah, yeah. what do you think of that
2: oh I, I I'll tell you i've I've seen detox programs like that save people's lives yeah you know and and yeah you're right you you do have influence and you can encourage you can you can ask and it sounds like he's
1: already leaning that direction. Well, he's already done. He's done it before. He's done it multiple times, actually. Okay. 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 So he's been through it before, and so he that's so he's he confidently feels like, well, that's what he needs to do next. Okay. You know? Yeah. But yeah. But it, what, one of the things that bothers me about him, and this, this this is kind of my thing, and and maybe and maybe I maybe I I hope you don't mind me saying this, but but he's one of these individuals that ignores nutrition. Yeah. You know, and so uh and so this is a constant battle that I have with lots of friends and family. I typically I put a lot of emphasis on eating healthy and yeah. nutrition and I think that will get you through a lot of struggles that that I think are are too frequently uh ignored. Yeah. And uh my friend is not doing well right now, but he completely ignores nutrition. Yeah. So I you know, I want to say to him well, you know, you're feeling bad and you're feeling depressed. Well, you should be. Yeah. You should be depressed. You do you know, you, you don't eat. You don't eat nutrition. You have no nutrition. Yeah. So, I don't know. Can I say that to him? So,
2: so here's here was the underlying problem with me. Yeah. Uh, when I was medicating with uh with alcohol.
1: Yeah
2: you know, and, and it was a negative self-esteem.
1: Mm. It,
2: it was uh shame about my past. Sure. It was disliking who I was. Yeah. And so those root, root things that were just under the surface, um, that was driving this cycle. And the cycle was, you know, um, drink, uh, abuse alcohol, Yeah, you know, and then, regret that yeah and then avoid it for a little while and then compromise on it and then abuse it again yeah and there's so much shame and self-loathing involved in that in that cycle that yeah things like nutrition things like a healthy outlook things like maintaining healthy relationships those things go to the wayside because yeah. of the internal battle that 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 we're feeling so yeah. You know, y- yes, y- yes, nutrition is important for us maintaining balance. But when we're out of balance, we can't
1: we can't even focus on it. You, you okay. know what I'm saying? Sure. I understand. Anyway, I just want to but I also want to promote eating healthy yeah. and nutrition for for you and Brian. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm tomorrow I'm going to go to the Smoothie King. Nice. And I'm going to get a smoothie, probably get the Caribbean way. Papaya <laughs> juice in it. It's really healthy stuff. So let's mm-hmm. see.
2: We need to have two sponsors of this now. Right, right? Right. We need to have Fiji Water and uh, what, what yeah. was the
1: smoothie place? It's called Smoothie King here in Nashville. I don't smoothie know if you guys King. have one. Smoothie King? Okay. I mm-hmm. you know. They, just, they make you know, healthy smoothies and makes me feel better. And, <laughs> and I, a lot of times I'll get a double dose of you know what they call Muscle Builder, which is uh, right. creatine. Creatine uh-huh. is a, an amazing supplement. I highly recommend it. Mm hmm. And it makes me feel better, imp- improves my mental attitude. Yeah. And, I, and a lot of times I'll tell them, I'll say, I, need, I want the muscle builder and also uh, psychic ability.
0: <laughs> oh, sweet.
1: <laughs> and it, it always gets a laugh. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Except, except sometimes there's like a new girl working behind the counter and she'll actually look for the button.
2: Yeah, you, right, you, you're, right. you're going to end up with the magic the... mushroom smoothie if you're not careful.
1: <laughs> it's like, I don't see psychic ability. I, I just made it up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't know, I I get a perverse it's pleasure. Kale. Yeah.
0: It's kale. Yeah. Just say it. It's kale. I know kale. it
1: is. Kale is really good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. they'll put kale in the drink, too. Yeah, That's good well, stuff. Yeah, I recommend it.
0: Joby, other than uh, Smoothie King, if somebody yeah. wanted to find you, uh is your website jobysad.com the the best that's... way for people to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. I wish you would.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, so that's j o b y s a a d.com. Uh we'll right. be sure to have links to that and everything on there. But
1: thank, Joby, you. Th- thank you. Thank so you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I hope you're not mad at me.
2: No, yep. this was this was this was great conversation, man. I I, I love this this type great. of deep conversation. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy
0: Time podcast. We bring comedians together, performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from forced language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out time dot com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you.